Hello and welcome to ASIC View, the official podcast of the Australian Securities and Investments Commission. On today's episode, we'll be discussing ASIC's Indigenous Outreach Program, the work they're doing and what they're hoping to achieve in the future. Joining me on the show today is Michael Sadat, Senior Executive Leader, Deposit Takers, Credit and Insurers at ASIC, and Nathan Boyle, an analyst with the Indigenous Outreach Program at ASIC, and a Wiradjuri man whose family is from Central West New South Wales. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you. Uh, Michael, I'll start with you and we'll start with the basics. Tell us what the Indigenous Outreach Program is. The Indigenous Outreach Program is a team of young Indigenous lawyers and analysts located in Perth, Sydney and Melbourne. And the IOP focuses on three key areas of activity. The main one, as you can tell from the name, is outreach, really to help ASIC understand the issues being faced by Indigenous consumers around the country, and that includes people in remote, regional and urban areas of Australia. We do outreach activities so that we can understand what those issues are and to make sure that we are working on the issues that matter to Indigenous consumers. In addition, the IOP does a whole series of stakeholder engagement and policy development to help shape policy to make sure that Indigenous consumers are being thought of and that policy reflects the needs of Indigenous consumers. And the third key area is compliance and surveillance. So where things go wrong for Indigenous consumers, where traders and firms do the wrong thing, ASIC will take action uh, where necessary, and we can talk about that a bit later, but the Indigenous Outreach Program is instrumental in making sure we're we're aware of the, the areas of misconduct that are occurring and where we identify misconduct that warrants further action, making sure that we deal with that misconduct and the consumers that are impacted in a culturally appropriate way is is really important. Can you tell us some of the the major goals of the IOP? Really, the the IOP is there to make sure that ASIC is aware of the issues being faced by Indigenous consumers. One of the first goals is making sure that we're connected to the Indigenous consumers on the ground, but also the organisations that support Indigenous consumers. So we work closely with organisations like the Indigenous Consumer Action Network, We work with financial counsellors and community legal centres to make sure that we are aware of the issues that are being faced by Indigenous consumers. The second thing is that the IOP is also here to help ASIC develop financial literacy materials that can benefit Indigenous consumers and that make sense to Indigenous consumers. So we're constantly looking at the materials and the resources we've got for Indigenous consumers to help equip them make good financial decisions uh, into the future. And the third thing is to make sure that ASIC staff are aware of Indigenous issues and that when we're dealing with uh, consumers more generally, that we're also thinking about the needs of Indigenous consumers. Part of that includes rolling out cultural awareness training and also feeding into ASIC's Reconciliation Action Plan. Nathan, as a a member of the team, can you tell us a little bit about how the IOP uh, works to achieve its goals? Yeah, I guess one of the key things about the IOP is that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are always central to our work. So we recognise that Indigenous consumers are the experts in the issues that affect them, and they can often be the best people to recommend solutions to the problems that are impacting on them. So um, as Michael's outlined, in terms of our outreach work and the other work that we do to help address some of the barriers that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people can face when interacting with financial services providers... In terms of the investigations that we do, a lot of the reports of misconduct that we receive come directly from Indigenous consumers, or they come to us otherwise through Indigenous consumer advocates. Our IOP remains the central contact point for any Indigenous consumer that's reported misconduct to us 
throughout the course of any investigation that might be running. Our team also works with ASIC's enforcement teams to make sure that the investigations are conducted in a culturally appropriate way wherever possible. And we also try and support Indigenous consumer witnesses so that they can be comfortable when they're providing evidence in court or evidence to ASIC officers as part of an investigation. And the other thing that we do, which I think is really important from our team's perspective in terms of them investigations, is follow up with the community once a result's achieved so that they know what the outcome was of the process they participated in. What are some of the issues that you're facing in, in, in the process of trying to get this work done? Oh, look, there's a whole range of barriers um, that we can face in terms of this work. We've just got to be really aware that for some Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, there are lower levels of financial literacy and lower levels of um, interaction with commercial mm. agreements. So I guess what we recognise in the IOP is that there's a whole breadth of, of difference in the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community. And we have some Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people that are very financially savvy and have a whole range of um, financial products and services that they regularly engage with. So what we need to do is make sure that we're tailoring our information to meet the needs of those people, but also understanding some of the vulnerabilities that our more remote and regional Indigenous consumers face who might not have had the same opportunity to interact with financial services and products as other consumers and might not have so readily entered into commercial agreements in the past. Understanding that different individuals and different groups and different communities are going to have different needs and it's not a sort of one-size-fits-all approach. Absolutely. And in terms of doing investigations where they are in particularly discrete Indigenous communities, it's really important that we work with the community and understand how they want us to approach an investigation. Yeah. Can you tell us about some of the significant outcomes that uh, the IOP has achieved to date? Uh, As Nathan said, uh, the IOP helps when we're running enforcement cases and we've got a couple of really big matters that we're waiting judgment on. So I can't say too much about them, but we're waiting on judgment in one matter out of uh, North Queensland involving a, a, a motor trader who provided car finance to Indigenous consumers. And we're also waiting on judgment in a matter in the remote part of South Australia, uh, in an area known as the APY lands, where ASIC has taken action against a store owner for providing credit to Indigenous consumers to buy basic household goods. So those cases are complex cases. They're run in remote uh, and regional locations and they're difficult to, to run. And they've been a huge challenge for ASIC to, to bring those cases and we're, we're really looking forward to, to those judgments because we think that the courts have a really important role to play in clarifying what the legal obligations mm. are and where uh, law reform is required that, that we, uh, you know, we're doing that on an informed basis. The second, I think, key achievement I can talk about is the work that has been done in the superannuation space. So the team has been doing some fantastic work on superannuation, including working with large super funds uh, to better help those super funds understand the needs of their Indigenous customers, including Indigenous consumers based in very remote areas who have superannuation but have a lot of difficulty accessing that super. And the, the team have been running workshops with super funds to help build that understanding within the super fund so that their interaction with their Indigenous customers can be improved. And the third area is around the area of book up. And I, and I mentioned book up because it is quite an important issue for Indigenous consumers, particularly in remote and regional areas. Book up is a form of credit. It's a bit like running up a tab in a store. 
And Indigenous consumers can often run up against some pretty poor practice when, when using BookUp. And the team have done a fantastic job both identifying the, the challenges faced by those consumers. So we, we issued a, a public report in the last couple of months on the issue of BookUp, but also in identifying poor practice and making sure that ASIC responds appropriately to that. Nathan, what are some of the IOP's key areas of focus going forward in the in the foreseeable future? ASIC's IOP run a helpline and, and a, an email account where we receive reports from Indigenous consumers directly. And that's one of the key things that drives, um, drives our work mm-hmm. is understanding what the issues are that are facing people on the ground. The issues that we get through that helpline and email service are usually around credit, banking, superannuation and insurance. And some of the key areas of focus from the information that we've received from Indigenous consumers are increasing our education, particularly the education that we provide around financial literacy issues impacting on Indigenous consumers in remote and regional locations. And as part of the work that we're doing on that, we'll be releasing a series of animations later this year that focus on the key areas of book up, motor vehicle finance and consumer leasing. ASIC's IOP worked very closely with our financial literacy team in the development of them videos and we made sure that we consulted with Indigenous consumers to find out firstly what the key issues were for them and secondly to make sure that the animations that we created were relevant to them and helped them to better understand the issues. Mm-hmm. We're also going to continue on the superannuation work that uh, Michael mentioned earlier and we want to build on the, the previous success of our work in being able to highlight the industry, the, the issues that Indigenous consumers face in accessing and engaging with their superannuation. And one of the ways that we have done that to assist industry in better understanding their issues is to take representatives from some of the key funds out on the ground with us. Because having senior people from the funds experience firsthand the issues that Indigenous consumers face can really help them to understand what it is that they need to change about their own practices and procedures Mm. to to address and eliminate some of them barriers. And the first area that we took superannuation funds to was was a remote Indigenous community in far north Queensland. But through some of the other work that we've been doing in, in the central desert region of Australia, we've identified that Indigenous consumers there have a range of, of needs that are different to those consumers that we first took industry to. Mm-hmm. So we really want to take them out into the central desert to have them be able to see some of the barriers that them consumers face on the ground. And we're hoping in, within the next 12 months to be able to take uh, a number of funds to the central desert region uh, to help people on the ground to access their superannuation benefits and also to run a series of education sessions so that we can help consumers in that area uh, better understand what superannuation is and, and how it can benefit them. Nathan, just in reference to the phone line email address uh, you mentioned before, people can report things to ASIC. Uh, what are the, some of the common issues that, that get reported to us? Yeah, look, some of the most common reports that we receive tend to be from consumers who are having issues with access to their banking services, where, for example, a consumer might have misplaced their key card and is having trouble identifying themselves to their financial institution in order to obtain a replacement. We also receive high volumes of calls about debt collectors, expensive credit contracts and consumer leases, and also just a range of general calls looking for support where a person might be struggling with their personal finances and might be looking for an avenue to go to get that assistance. 
And look, where we receive calls that are not necessarily within ASIC's jurisdiction, the IOP helpline staff will make sure that we support that consumer to get in contact with an agency that can provide them with that assistance. I guess one of the other things that I also should mention about uh, some of the work that we've got coming up in the future is that ASIC's Indigenous Outreach Program is about to undertake a project reviewing uh, the, the practice of the life insurance industry, particularly looking at the way that they sell life insurance to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people over the phone. We want to have a look at whether there's any opportunities for industry to improve their practices and processes in selling life insurance over the telephone. And we all want to also want to make sure that there isn't any significant misconduct impacting on Indigenous consumers. Brilliant. Uh, Michael, Nathan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Not a problem. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander consumers can visit our ASIC Money Smart page if they would like further information and advice. The page has a section specifically for Indigenous consumers. Just Google Money Smart uh, and Indigenous to find it. Thanks very much for listening to the ASIC podcast. We'll bring you another episode very shortly.